How's it going, everyone? Chris Manning here from the Locked on Cavs podcast with my co-host, the one, the only, the sleepy one, Evan Damerill. On today's show, it's all about Cavs Rockets, which which was bad. We'll talk a little bit about J.B. Bakersaf winning Coach of the Month. We're going to talk about the Colin Saxon DPE. There's a lot of little things we can talk about, but uh, stay tuned for that. All on today's Locked on Cavs. <laughs> You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we get into today's show, I want to thank you for making Locked On Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube, where we're over a thousand, but we want to get the number growing. Uh, keep us, help us out. Go subscribe today. And look, if you're in Northeast Ohio listening, you're probably snowed in right now. So, like, maybe just fire up some lockdown calves and and enjoy yourself. But Evan, what's going on, buddy? How are you? I mean, the straight flames we spit every day on lockdown calves will help uh, melt you out of any snowstorm. But I, I'm I'm good, man. I'm I'm sleepy. Uh, made a very labor intensive like Chipotle style chicken bowl tonight for dinner. Turned out really good. Happy with the end results. Uh, not so happy with the Cavs results against the Rockets. You know, um, prepare for trouble, make it double, unite all people within our nation, all that stuff. Uh, oh if you know, you know. But, wow, wow. Just um, Indigo. Shots to the Indigo League, you know. Yeah, yeah. Good. Absolutely named, especially because Pallet Town makes so much sense. When, as a kid, I didn't know Pewter, Pewter and Fuchsia were color, proper colors on the spectrum, but... Pop culture references aside, I can feel the uh, rev- the reviews and commenters complaining already. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, just preparing for the snow. You know, got my ice melt ready. Uh, you know, my wife knew she wasn't going to be at school before she even got home. Do you like have she- that? Like, do you have total Midwestern dad energy? Like, you're like all prepared and decked out to dig you and your wife out tomorrow. I'm just like, I cannot I can neither confirm or deny that, but uh, I I'm ready. You know. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. Um, I, I am very annoyed that my driveway is at a certain angle that like I get all the snow from people turning around the curve. So it makes like the end of my driveway like really annoying to deal with. And that's the end of us talking about snow. Evan, the Cavs in this game sucked. This was bad. This was this was, I think, worse than the Pelicans loss. I think this was very lackluster. I think you see how much they missed. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Was it worse than the Detroit loss? Oh, I'd say uh, it was. oh yeah, the Detroit loss and the Pelicans loss. Um. It was ad- this game was agonizing. Like, this, this, it was so boring to watch. Well, like, number one, I, I give Houston credit. They played really hard. They showed up. Mm-hmm. They played at a style and a pace that really seemed to frustrate the Cavs in, in, a, in a way that was frustrating. Um, well, I wouldn't say frustrating. But, like, like made them uncomfortable? Yeah, uncomfortable is where I'd go. Is Because Cleveland tried to match pace with Houston for the better part of this game. And, like, the Cavs looked disjointed and out of sorts because one, they don't have Darius Garland again. He's absolutely vital. And I think they're a little over-reliant on him. Um, I was on sports for Clee uh, on Cleveland.com earlier today. And they asked me about it. And I said, because they're asking about Ricky Rubio and how Rajon Rondo is kind of playing in the same role. I think the Cavs kind of make, need to make some adjustments during the all-star break. And as they come back out of the break, maybe they reflect that. But tonight it was really clear that like, the Rockets played their style of basketball. They played fast. They took a lot of threes. 
The free throw disparity, yes, that was evident, but at the same time... We'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that, I'm sure. But yeah, we will. But, like, you can make excuses for the Cavs, but this is just the third time in a row that they've kind of played poorly. Yeah, a lot of it is without Garland. You can make a lot of excuses, but right now... I would even say Evan Mobley's hitting a wall. I'd just say this whole team's hitting a wall. Like they just need the all-star break to kind of reset, recharge, and maybe just catch their breath a little bit. Cause they've been playing at such a frenetic pace for 50 plus or 51 games now that it's bound to catch up to them. Like, yeah, they have youth and athleticism on their side. And we talked with Martin Rickman about this a little bit on Friday show, especially, but the Cavs just got to catch their breath at this point. I think playing against the Rockets, another team is young and full of energy. Like they kind of just got out youthed in this one. Like <clears throat> this is like a Mike guy, rock Lee situation. The power of youth can only take you so far. And it just, it's getting a little ugly for the Cavs out there. Yeah. I mean like this is a team that I think clearly like Garland's ability to dictate tempo Garland's ability to organize things. Like you feel it like there were possessions in this game where it felt like they were standing around for four or five, six seconds. And then like someone cuts and then they like mm-hmm. figured out enough. It's like this very like bizarre, like lackadaisical kind of offense. And like, it's, it, it felt hard. Like everything f- without Darius Garland and, and I think since regroup, I think even the whole team, even with Garland, but I think specifically when he's not playing, it feels really hard. It feels like everything takes effort. It feels like everything has to go exactly right for them to get like a functional shot. And like when, like, I, th- I think in this game, like, you know, Kevin Love had a couple nice shots and stuff, but like made like what one three, you know, and like was five of 16, five of 15 from the field. Like it's like Kevin Love has had a great year. Great story. I, I don't want to take away from that. But I think like when you see how like vital he has been to the offense, like functioning, you're reminded mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, this team really just like needs him to be like kind of hot every minute for the offense to function. And like when, when other stuff doesn't go your way, it's like the margin for error is not particularly big right now. And I think some of that is fatigue. I think some of that is there, there's a ton of factors to that. But it's just like this is a game in theory you should have won. It's a bad team. And, you know, here we are kind of talking about it. It's just like, like, Evan Mobley had a career high in points, and it's like, I, I guess that, like, it Brandon didn't matter. almost had a triple-double. Yeah, and it's like that stuff, it's just, you're just like, okay, like, the Cavs just, like, need to get the All-Star break and probably need to make a trade. Otherwise, they're going to, like, flail a little bit here. Like, it feels like they're, they're flailing gonna, a little bit. They're going to flail, go into the All-Star break, come out a little hot again, but hit their peak way sooner and then flatline for the rest of the year if they don't make a couple moves. Because it's just like... No disrespect to Dean Wade and Lamar Stevens or even Ed Davis, which like Ed Davis. Bro, okay, but when they had got to run, like when they, actively when they, cooked when for they, four minutes, when like, they that tried, was so hard to watch. When they tried to put him in the game, which is like he's played adequate minutes this year, like still was a good signing on stuff. Mm-hmm. I still like maintain that there's like some benefit to it. But like they tried to like run like some like action through him where he was like holding the ball at the album like what like what like i understand like you have your playbook i understand this is a weird roster situation right now i understand like i'm sympathetic to a lot of this stuff that is just like that's just bad nba offense and like yes i understand like houston was spacing out and and, like i think there's some certain things this game that they didn't deal with well like there's things that they could have just done better but there's just like little things that are that i think kind of build up over time and we've seen a lot and that being one of the things where the offense is just kind of blah especially when darius isn't available it's just like what like you're not making it easy for yourself you are just you are actively sort of 
everything is in glue. It is in mud. It is like just kind of you're relying on like Evan Mobley doing like kind of insane stuff, which we're going to talk about when we get to rewards for this game. But like, like you're relying on Evan Mobley, like loving up in real time. You're like relying on like it is so noticeable, Evan. When like Darius Garland is not playing, you don't see Jared on catching lobs. What does that what what does that tell you? Like what like think let's let's talk through this. That tells you how important Darius I was is. Gonna say you're you're more so seeing Jared Allen throwing lobs. Yeah, you're seeing Jared Allen throwing lobs, or he has to it's the thing that happened a lot last year when he chaired the floor with Sexton because Garland has kind of unlocked some of the lob stuff with him in a way that he hasn't for anyone else, where it's like he has to catch the ball and his little post up game has helped all that stuff. But he has to like catch the ball and then like make a move. Like you're making it harder for Jared Allen, who has been one of the most efficient players in the league this year, be in large part due to his partnership with Jared Allen. Like everything has regressed um in a big way. I do want to point out that the math in this game was wonky as hell. Okay. So like ladies and gents, I think we lost Chris's mic. Well, while he works on that, we can talk about the math in the next segment. I'm just going to take over this ad copy because there might be less Back. football being played, but betonline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scored, total, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, which is morbid, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet online where the game starts, even exclusive betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Okay, can you hear me now, Evan? Are we back? Sure can, okay. Tell me about the math. Tell me about the okay. numbers. What do the so, numbers mean? So, Mason. <laughs> okay, so first half, Rockets are up eleven at the half. They're just plus they're they're and they're plus eleven on free throw point alone. So, like, they won the first half by 11 simply because they made 11 more free throws than the Cavs. They were 20 of 29 from the free throw run in the first half. The Cavs were 9 of 15. Mm. The Cavs made more field goals in the first half than Houston, but Houston had this massive free throw advantage, and Houston was 8 of 20 and 4 of 13 from 3. And when I looked at this game, what I thought this game was going to come down to was, okay, Houston's probably not going to shoot 50% from 3 and take that many free throws the rest of the way. That is going to regress. Guess what? That happened. They, they, They took four free throws in the second half. And like I was like, okay, so here's what the Cavs have to do. They have to have a functional offense to get themselves the rest of the way. And guess what happened? They didn't have a functional offense the rest of the way. Um, Evan, to transition to awards, which if you're listening for the first time, is MVP stat of the night, play of the night. The only functional Cavs offensive player in this game was, I think, the only guy we can give MVP to. I, I know you have down Kevin Love in here, but I'm giving it to Evan Mobley. Career high 29 points. As effective as I think we've seen him creating his own shot in this game. Some really impressive mm-hmm. footwork, some really impressive just dexterity with his hands. Um, you know, got a little foul trouble, needed to make his free throws in a way that is I th- that holds him back from getting his first 30 30 point night and stuff. But final stat lane, 36 minutes, 12 of 20 from the field, 0 of 1 from three, 5 and 9 from the line, 12 rebounds, 7 on defense, 5 on offense, 2 assists, a steal. Um, did have a block, but career high 29 points. The only Cavs player to uh, him and Kevin Love, the only two guys to get over 20 points. And he was much more efficient, much more decisive. I, I think this is one of those games where like 
you will look at this and say, okay, this was bad overall, but uh, good Lord, Evan Mobley doing some work in a way that was really, really positive. Yeah, no, it really was positive. I think that is, I mean, yes, Kevin Love is my pick just because statistically speaking, he was the other impactful Cavalier. And like Chris said, it's a little worrisome that their offense hinges so much on Kevin Love, but the honor should go to Evan Mobley. This, he was awesome for the better part of tonight. I think it was really encouraging because that three-pointer he did take was off a pick-and-pop attempt. So like he floated and gravitated out to the perimeter to take that shot, which I think is encouraging that he is, one, being empowered by JB and the coaching staff to take those kind of shots, and two, that he's starting to feel more comfortable to add that into his repertoire every now and then. One, he becomes a more reliable threat for him. I'm excited to see how more easily he can just score and how much more diversely he can score. I think people are a little concerned with the free throw shooting. I think it's understandably so, but at the same time, this cast team is just not good at free throw shooting in general. Like I think if this cast team does make the playoffs, it would not surprise me if they lose a game or two just because they are horrid at the free throw line. Um, it's just, this was a weird game. Um, just not functional without Darius Garland out there. Yes. Brandon Goodwood played well. I think it's smart of JB to go back to more of a traditional lineup. Like he went to a truly traditional lineup. He didn't even stick to his guns on the three big lineup, keeping Dean Wade on the bench. But this was a really good game from Evan Mobley, really encouraged, but Chris, just to keep the train going here, I'm trying to be Sir top and hat since you never did your Buzzfeed quiz. Oh, I got, I, well, the quiz was, it wasn't a good quiz. So that's why I didn't report back. If you listen to the show on Friday, I think that was in the second part. You'll know, you know, but you you got strong James energy, but what's your play of the night? My play of the night is an, is an Evan Mobley offensive play nine 16 left in the fourth quarter. He scores here. He is, just has some incredible footwork to navigate the lane. He gets to the to the rim, gets a shot off. Um, oh no, so this that was the next play, and then this is the one where he hits that little fadeaway over Christian Wood, where he's just kind of navigating in. The footwork's clean. He ends up getting like kind of a tough shot off, but the footwork makes it kind of effective in a way, I think. And like he is, I think, got a really good foundation in that sense. Um, I'll link to it in below. Steve Jones had a really had a bunch of good clips from this game, as he always as he always does when he's watching games. One of the best uh, minds, I think, covering the league. From from a tactics perspective, right now, and look, this this to me, this game is like the the positive is Evan Mobley. I, I don't really have anything else. I Evan, I would do just because I I want to be I want to just give a negative. The worst play of the night, I think, that is very emblematic of this. I was like, Jared Allen, uh, late in this game, had a like late in the fourth quarter was at the free throw line open and he threw into a double team on Kevin Love at the rim when he had like a wide open like sixteen footer. Like everything they did in this game was just like overthinking it and. Just everything on the offensive end is pretty. Another bad play was the Kevin Love like lob pass from three point range to Evan Mobley, and Mobley was clearly getting doubled in the low block. And I'm just like, what are we doing here, guys? Just you're just like, like, and it's just like telling it's like, okay, like maybe Ronda doesn't have the the vibe with these guys yet or whatever, but only played 15 minutes. I don't think that's what Goodwin provides. I think Jetty provides some passing, but that's not he provides. It's like Mm -hmm. Evan Mobley or Darius Garland. We miss you, Ricky Rubio. We like. We dearly, dearly miss you. So, are you the from the desk of Kobe Altman right now? But please, my play then. I, can can we just just say that Kobe Altman being like, please subscribe to my YouTube is just very related, the most relatable thing Kobe Altman has dude, ever done. So relatable to us, fellow YouTuber Kobe Altman. He gets us, man. Oh, you know, just just we're out here just trying to you know. We're gonna get forklift certified within during the All Star break. I was pitching ideas on Twitter, and no one responded to them. First YouTuber slash podcast trillionaires to go to space. Why not? But my play of the night pick was very early into this game. It just really popped for me in general. It's off a of Jetty Osmond defensive rebound. I believe he kicked it to Jared Allen, who kicked it back to Osmond, who then kicked it to Mobley, 
who Mobley was at the elbow, who facilitated it to Brandon Goodwin, who then drove into the paint and then kicked it out to Isaac Cora, who drained a three-pointer confidently. It was a very, very good play. Um, it's a UCLA-style play, an old-school UCLA-style play where every player has to touch the ball. I like plays like that where everyone's just involved on the offense. It's just good job breaking down the defense on Cleveland's part. And also, it's just really encouraging to see Isaac Okoro still confidently taking three-pointers and now making them. So that's my play of the night pick. Uh, Evan, I looked it up today. We, I, I feel like when we get to the All-Star break, we're going to have like those like nine days off. I think we should do some deep dives into guys. Okoro, I think, should be in the list. He's like 5% up at the rim this year, like very quietly. Like the three, there's some wonky stuff in his shooting numbers when I was looking at them today where I'm just like, this is weird, but his rim percentage is pretty, pretty good. Um, See, Chris wants to do nerd stuff like that, and I just want to get his forklift certified because it'd be an interesting episode of just us like learning how to operate a forklift. So, I, look, that's just, you know, respect to my manual labors out there. I would probably try to form a union before we even left the. the probably be like the Washington Commanders. We'd be the People's Podcast. Shots to the commies. Um, Shots to the commies. Evan, stat of the night I, for me is just is just the the free throw stuff. It is eight, fifteen and twenty seven uh, compared to twenty three of thirty three for the Rockets. Like <sighs> Evan Mobley misses. You know, Kevin loves four or five, but Allen misses three. Osmond misses all of his three. Mobley misses four. Made at least made his last two, which is kind of a, need, a needed moment. Like you know, you're leaving twelve points on the board. You shot fifty five point six percent on free throws. That is not going to allow you to win a game that like, you know, up until like you kind of got blown up and again late, you had, it had a little window there. You make your free throws. Like this game's in a, in a little bit of a better spot. If you just kind of handle your business a little bit better at the free throw line. No, I absolutely agree. Not a more Saturday night pick is the MLB career high and just a really good game for him. And still so excited about what his potential future potential holds. It, I think we should also just note that, look, this is a game like if we're just I'm a, I'm a context guy. OK, four of their top six to start the year are not on this team right now. That is Rubio. That is and I would say Garland, Rubio, um, Sexton and marketing. The three guys I think they plan on handling the ball all being out is like incredibly brutal. I, I think what we're I think you just put a pin on this and tell me if you think I'm misinterpreting what I think what I think we both think here. It feels as if that like they have gotten to this point, and while we're I think acknowledging that it's hard to ad- adapt, we are also saying that like how they've adapted is not really cutting it. Is that a fair way of I think describing where the Cavs are kind of at right now? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, I think they just need to make some adjustments, maybe do some soul searching during the All Star break, especially if Rubio is for sure not coming back if he is traded this time next week on top of his injury exception as well, which we'll touch on a little bit on top of the Colin one as well in the final segment. But yeah, I think that's a fair assessment of where the Cavs are at. Like they, they really need to learn how to utilize Rayshon Rondo better because <clears throat> like you said, him taking a three out of a Cavs offensive set is just what the good Lord intended because it's not, it, it physically pains me sometimes to watch him spot up from like, like outside of the perimeter, just like As, bro, look, stop. You know, I I appreciate it. I got the very rare Evan retweet when you you know retweeted my Rajon Rondo as God intended three point. Uh, I appreciated that. You know, I made it's, me feel like it, I, I it did, summed I did it up perfectly. Tweet. I'm just like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, this is just as God. This is the Lord's work. Just you know, really good ball movement, and it's like Rajon Rondo above the break three. Mm, that's offense right there. 
This is offense. Second, this is pod racing reference in two days. I love myself. Evan, let's go to break. After the break, let's talk about J.B. Bickers have winning coach of the month. Let's talk about Darius Garland's back. And let's talk about mm-hmm. the DPEs. Um, and, well, and real quick. There. Yeah. You're, you're talking about pod racing. And Anakin Skywalker was a little slave boy, so he was poor as dirt. He could have saved some money tuning up his pod racer by using today's sponsor, Rock Auto. I'm trying to get you there. You did it better than me. This is great. This is great. So you folks also could save time and money on your pod racer or car when using Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Winder often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend up to 30% or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain star or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? And they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. Also, as an aside, um, Anakin didn't become an orphan boy until the sand people killed his mom, I believe, in the third movie or the second movie. One of the two. I don't know. That's when he slaughtered them all. It's dumb movies. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a more of a Mando. I haven't watched it. It's a real problem for you, buddy. Real, real problem for you. Um, I don't anyway. want to open my Star Wars takes. I don't need Fear the Swords Jackson on my ass. Yeah, that's, tomorrow morning. Yeah, that's right. I'll, I'm just going to tell him and we'll get on it. But um, OK, let's start with the DPEs. Because I think this is the, the easiest thing to, to explain to some degree. Um, there's so, a lot to explain. There's, there's a lot of people who had questions, so I took some time okay. during the game to explain it. Okay, so let's 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 do just note the JB Bickerstaff on Coach of the Month, well deserved. I don't have a ton to say other than the fact that I think he did, it's, it's deserving. He's doing a great job with the team. Struggles aside, I don't have anything else to kind of add on the fact that he won Coach of the Month. No, he won Coach of the Month. It was well deserved. They won 11 4 in the month of January. I think the Cavs noted that. Where Cleveland currently is sitting, I think at thirty-one and twenty, I believe is their record right now. Yeah, is the best go, mark go, that, going into the Houston game. Going into the Houston yeah. game is the best mark the Cavs have been since Ty Lue was the head coach, which says a lot. Mm-hmm. And no, JB's doing really well. Um, my girlfriend asked me because she stopped up to have dinner with me, and I had the game on while I was cleaning up. She's like, "Do you think JB's going to win Coach of the Year?" I'm like, "Yeah, it's an easy pick at this point. Like, he's the Coach of the Year. They probably have the Rookie of the Year, the Coach of the Year, and the most possibly the most improved player on their roster if Garland continues to go nuclear." I think you might might be Taylor Jenkins. Um, <laughs> this is really good, man. Um, Bro, this isn't the NFL. Black coaches can actually succeed in this league. Good. Okay. Good. We're, we're go listen to Lockdown Dolphins and various other podcasts right now. Um, Corpus. Yeah. Um, okay. So then let's go into Darius Garland, who's out. Again, missed again another game with a back issue. JB Bickerstaff says he's day to day at the current moment. I guess Evan, my only thought here is just like, okay, ma- this is maintenance. Um, we'll see if he plays Friday. He was ruled out fairly early for this game. He was ruled out on Tuesday for this game. Um, mm-hmm. Beyond even like this being a game time decision. I think, you know, maybe like all-star break could be good for him, assuming he doesn't make the all-star team. Like it might just be good for him to get some rest in and get some rehab in and 
and get a little time off. That might just be kind of good for what he the body kind of needs for him right now. Um, but they clearly miss him. I, again, this is this is that that I feel like is a pretty simple thing for us to to, to kind of analyze here. It's just Darius Garland's kind of banged up and like probably needs a little bit of rest. Yeah, it, he's just banged up all like you said he needs rest i think jb saying during pregame availability that he's on a day-to-day basis i wonder if it's just a pain tolerance thing like they're giving him time to rest because they're playing they play new orleans who isn't a great team they're playing houston who's a bad team like they are looking at the grand scheme of this season that it's not a it's not a sprint it's a marathon or like they need darius available in like late spring and possibly when the playoffs begin so if they can give him nights off now Works out long term, but this has been a recurring issue now since the Golden State game in Golden State. And I think it's going to continue to be a recurring issue. I just think it's going to be a pain tolerance thing. I think we're going to see more often than not when Darius is out there that there's going to be games where he just tweaks his back and he has to go back to the locker room and he might be ruled out or he might try to play through it just depending on how the game's going for Cleveland because I believe JB said against Milwaukee – they were planning on sitting him out, but Darius like fought the coaching staff to get back into the game. So this is probably more precautionary than anything. This is an organization who does right by their players and will rest them longer than they probably need to. So I'm curious to see how, if he'll play on Friday against Charlotte, which is now a national TV game Ooh, on NBA TV. But um, yeah, I, I, I get it. I, you, barely beat the Pelicans without him. And that's just from some Brandon Goodwin, the heroics you get kind of spanked by the Rockets about him. I think it's again, indicative that he is the most important player for the Cavs. Um, and if the Cavs can only have one all-star pick, he'd be my pick just because of how valuable he is to this team. Like an all-star yeah. quantifies like he is the star for the Cavs this year. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's go to the DPE. So first reported by Kelsey Russo confirmed by, you, me, a bunch of other people. Kelsey, uh, this DP is worth $3.1 million. Notable number because it's just under the luxury tax, as far as I understand it. They have until March 10th to use it. This can be used on a player up to that salary that is on the last year of his contract, or they can sign someone. Um, but they'll just get them for the rest of the year. It's not like a multi-year thing that you can use. It's just like fill in for the injured player you're not going to get back this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan, my kind of read on it is like it is a flexibility play because you have they now have like four clear avenues to acquire players a couple of which go are by the deadline i i would yeah. say like the rubio i would say obviously the rubio contract the javel mcgee trade exception and the other t- the the other dp which is the rubio one which we've talked about they'd have to use first before trading him like they'd have to use that first and then do another separate deal Correct. if they wanted to trade rubio like there's a, there's a complicated kind of order of operations to do there those to me feel as if like those are okay we have like 8 days to kind of use these gives us options to find the right deal for us based on when the price are going to but we we should note that also like earlier on wednesday jake fisher from bleacher report reported that the Cavs have been looking for a combo guard eric gordon and Carol Silver were the names kobe's apparently been throwing out like second round picks so maybe the houston pick or the spurs pick to go out and get a guy houston wants a first round pick for gordon the the reported asking price for karis is two firsts um so maybe we'll see what the if a middle ground exists on some of these things we don't like there's again eight days left this is going to ramp up very very quickly or seven days at this point this colin dpe is i i think again like this gives you flexibility after the deadline if you want to try to go sign someone i that again like you could use it 
between now and the trade deadline. What I sort of, but I, I think with the JaVel thing being worth a little more money, you could theoretically like use that and then come back to this if you needed to, right? Like there's ways. And again, yeah. like the tax implications here, this would count towards the tax. They're just under the tax. Like the tax thing of this is complicated. And like, I don't think they're going to be a tax team this year. I would be very, very surprised if they're willing to, to bite that bullet this year and do that. Like, just based on how the structure of Liger Tech is, is that, has anything I said to you, does anything I've said feel off about these four kind of avenues of how the Cavs could acquire players? No, you're absolutely spot on. It's going to be tricky how they maneuver it because they have to structure certain transactions carefully. So if they were to use the Riccio, Ricky, Riccio, Ricky Rubio DPE, they'd obviously probably, use, I, the way I look at it is like, that's more of a tradable asset. Maybe you try and attach draft picks to that. You can't combine exceptions in this scenario. So you can't combine the Sexton and the Rubio one to suddenly create about a $12 yeah. million exception. Like somebody floated that. I'm like, you can't do that. You can't combine player salaries with it, but you can combine draft picks to sweeten the pot a little bit. So, like just one that like makes a clean sense at least is like Dennis Schroeder for the Rubio exception and a second round pick. You could bring him in with that because he's on a one year deal with Boston. Um, the Sexton one, maybe you scour the buyout market. So let's say like Goran Dragic does get traded and he doesn't want to go to the Mavericks or back to Miami or something like that. He just wants to come to Cleveland because Martin Rickman had a point where if like you're a veteran who's looking to maybe make the playoffs and play some meaningful basketball, you come to Cleveland, like Drogic would make some sense to sign for about 3.17 million if the Cavs want to get really tricky with it. But you wonder what they're going to do with the luxury tax scenario. I think you're spot on in saying like the McGee exception is an avenue as well. And they have time on that. And I think they will use, try to use that first and then reapproach the sex to one. If that doesn't work either, like they don't have to use everything available to them. But with the deadline looming, because this will post on Thursday, so we're officially a week away from the deadline, the Cavs will have three more games and hopefully a few new faces after those three games um, at that point. So they, they, they're they probably looking to trade that Rubio exception and then use Ricky's contract to maybe bring in yeah, use the, well, a, not, a it's, different it's, player. Yeah, it's use the Rubio exception to bring someone in. Not you don't like trade it. You use it to like bring in salaries. I think the yeah. correct, the correct vernacular. Um, you use the is, Ricky exception to bring some salary or somebody yeah. in on the last year of their deal, or you sign somebody to a one year contract worth that much, and then once you do that, you can legally trade Ricky Rubio and maintain using both as trade assets. It's really tricky. It's intentionally vague, but after like combing through this and asking people who are way smarter about this than both of us. I have a firm understanding of how this works now. Well, well, but like, think about how many people we both have talked to in the last like week about this that were like, they're like, I don't know. They're just like, it's vague. Like this is people in teams, this is people in agencies. Mm -hmm. When we were like sharing notes in this, it was just like, uh, like you would get different answers or people go having to check stuff. Like it's a, it's it's complicated. So like, and then the other scenario is the Colin Sexton one. People thought like, well, great. Now that they got one, Sexton has to not play for the remainder of the year. That's not true. Let's say Cleveland signs somebody to that Colin section exception and Colin comes back at the end of the season or in the playoffs or some shit like that. They can legally both play both of those Colin and the player they signed at the exception. Yes. It yeah. is just an emergency exception because you lost a player due to hardship and you do not foresee that player playing in the foreseeable future, but yeah. they have to be on your roster when you use the exception. It's really, 
<coughs> tricky. It's, it's it, and it, it makes it's sense why it's tricky, right? Because yeah. they, they're trying to like, I guess, like prevent roster manipulation. The other thing, um, you just oh, yeah. I, I would note is that I th- and you've alluded to this with the, the deadline, but this is the next week for the Cavs. This is the next stretch of games before the All Star break. They're Friday in Charlotte. They're home against Indiana on Sunday. They're home versus the Spurs on February 9th. They're in Indiana on February 11th. They're in Philly on February 12th. Uh, the second half of back to back. And then they're in Atlanta on 215. Those are three games in there against teams in the thick of the Eastern Conference playoff picture, which is getting tight. It is very congested right now in that in the middle of the conference. The Cavs are in that right now. Um, you know, like they have, you know, three games against teams that are nominally lower in the standings, but they just played the Spurs, and that game was that was tough. Indiana has historically played them tough, and like their net ratings just they're better than they are, and like they're a little banged up. So you gotta like navigate a tough stretch of games here. You know, whether like, you know, maybe you beat Indiana and you beat the Spurs and you you could at least pick up those three. But if you're looking at these other games, like these are three important road games for the Cavs as they're navigating this. They're navigating Garland South. They're navigating roster turnover. Like all of these teams are to some degree, you know, specifically I think Philly and, and Atlanta um, among the, the other playoff teams here in the East. But like this, is, this is a tricky time. This is a very pivotal stretch. I think of the Cavs season. This like, I think ro- the Rockets loss obviously puts a little bit of, you know, kind of like, kind of just like a kind of that when you like overeat or something kind of in your mouth when you're thinking about it. But like, it's a tough stretch amid like trying to figure out how to improve the roster and what is like the the most effective move you can make right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I try not to sweat too much. It's not a one game season. You should never bake your ticks or base everything on on the game to game basis. So just it, it sucks. I think these games are important just because if you really want to be in the thick of like being the best team record wise in the Eastern Conference, I think you really want to gun for that. I think it'd be cool to see JB Bigger staff coach team Durant in the all-star game, but I think we can kind of just let that one go and say it's probably gonna be Eric Spolster at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, as of right now, the Cavs are 31 and 21. They are fifth in the East. They are two games back of the Bulls. They are currently three games up. Him. Yeah, so it'd be Billy Donovan right now, and then it's this is the this is the order of the East right now from one to ten. Chicago, Miami, Philly, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Brooklyn are the top six. Then Charlotte is three games back of Cleveland, five five games back of first overall. Toronto, Boston, and Atlanta. With Atlanta having come back from they were like 12, 13 games back, now they're just eight back. So this is gonna get this was kind of stretched out, and the Cavs kind of had like some games in hand and some advantage. And it's going to compress and like how that compresses will be really, really interesting. Um, going to be a, this is Evan going to be some fun basketball, like some fun stake filled basketball. We're going to get to cover the next couple of months. Really? Yeah, awesome. will be. It's hard to believe. Um, when the Cavs play on my birthday and they're playing on my birthday this year, the, the, the game finally has meaning for the first time in a while. It's I not know. just like, okay, we're just slow marching towards the draft. Who's, who's looking good. Jabari Smith in a Cavs uniform. Somebody Photoshop him for me. Yeah, I, you know, I, I stopped myself from clicking a mock draft today when I was thinking about it. I was like, do I have to start? I'm going to do it at some point just to get some numbers and things and, and some uh, I'm getting familiar with some of the kids that the Cavs hold firm on their first-round pick. Just like, or... I mean, the Rockets pick and stuff. Yeah, that too. Yeah. And, but, uh... A guy any, named any... Christian Braun. Like, that's not a real person. I'm looking at Tankathon right now. Or Jordan Hall. Like, that's a generic name. Yeah. Evan, any final thoughts before we kind of 
kind of dip, kind of dip out of here. Say good night. Say good night. Go get some sleep. Um, Hope you're staying safe. If you had to drive into work today, I hope you didn't. Most places are rightfully shut down and staying safe. My hometown of the great Wadsworth, Ohio made the uh, street parking ban list on Fox eight, which was kind of neat, but um, I can hear the sirens in the back. I think it's going to be a messy time. I'm going to go peek my head out and look at the snow and say, you know what? I'm going to go to bed because I don't have to shovel through this shit like Chris Manning and be a happy camper. Wake up in my bed like a toasty cinnamon bun. <laughs> uh, until next time, this has been Lockdown Cavs. If you want a great second listen today, check out Lockdown Bets, hosted by your boy Q and gambling expert Lee Sterling. That's Lockdown Bets. It's free and available on all platforms. We're going to be back tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have a little – well, Thursday night is All-Star Reserves night, so we are going to break down – who and who does not make all-star reserves. We'll see if Garland or, or Allen makes that for Cleveland. Uh, we will talk about kind of that in detail at the top of the show. And then second part of our conversation with Martin Rickman will be on there. It'll be a ton of fun to, to get more of Martin, who's just a good dude. And I hope you guys like part one. Hope you liked the rounds of podcasts he's been doing, but it's well-deserved. That story is very, very good. Um, until next time, I'm Chris. He's Evan. Hopefully you got gas for your snowblower for if you uh, have to do that like me. Be well, be safe, be warm like a cinnamon bun.